and welcome to Conscious Business. Today, I want to share the worst business advice that I've ever received. Yep, the worst. The worst business advice I've ever received. And you might be thinking to yourself, uh, hold up, Julie. I signed on to listen to a motivational podcast, not a bad business advice podcast. And that's true. However, I'm not giving you bad advice. I'm just sharing the bad advice that I received a long time ago. You see, I'm doing this because every time that I share it, I realize that I was not alone in receiving this advice. And so in order to undo the damage that was done, it is necessary to share this advice and learn from it so that we have perspective. And I'm also secretly curious to see how many of you, especially women, have received this bad advice too over the years. Or maybe you know someone who has received this advice in the past as well. Now, even though I'm sharing this really bad advice with you, I know you're going to learn from it as I will too. So hang in there right until the end, okay? So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to share what this horrible piece of advice was in the second segment. I'm going to explain how this impacted me and my career. Then I'm going to explain what the heck to do now. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Now, before I share this really bad advice with you, I want to give a shout out. I want to say hey to all the ladies at Canadian Tire Corporate. I recently had the chance to meet a bunch of them and speak at one of their launch events. They were kicking off a Build Your Tribe networking program, and we had such a blast. It was a really, really powerful day. I met a lot of incredible ladies, and I was really inspired and encouraged by the great work that they had done together. And I can't help but confess, there was part of me that thought, wow, I wish we had something like this when I was starting out in my career. Now, if you live outside of Canada, A, I'm sorry that you do, you might not understand exactly what the heck Canadian Tire is, but it is basically a Canadian institution. It ranks right up there with Tim Hortons, poutine, and ice hockey. Now, during this talk, I shared a story, and it was in this story where I had a horrible piece of advice that I was given first in my career. And I was surprised at just how many other people have received this horrible advice too over the years. And so that talk really was inspiration for this episode. And I thought it would be really valuable to share this advice on the podcast and start a bit of a dialogue around this. Now, I should clarify that this advice is typically only given to women, and you'll understand that and why in a minute. And it's not only exclusively conversation I want to have with women though. Oh no. This may be something that is advice given to women, but I think it impacts everyone. And so guys, hang on. I want you to stick around and keep listening. And I'm interested in your opinions on this feedback and this advice as well. So I should also point out that early on in my career, so this was more than 20 years ago, it's really important for you to understand that I worked in a really male-dominated environment. Obviously, it was technology, and I was given this advice by a senior female executive. Here's the bad advice that she told me. 
She said, and she had the best of intentions. I know that she did. I know in my heart that she was trying to help me. But here's what she said. Julie, if you want to be successful, then you need to be tough and strong and never, ever, ever show any weakness or any emotion in the workplace. If you want me or anyone else to respect you, if you want to be considered for a promotion, if you want men to respect you, then you have to act like a man. Now, given where we are today, this seems like really preposterous advice. I mean, even saying it out loud, I know that this likely isn't advice that's given out today. I mean, I hope it isn't. (laughs) But every time I share this story, I always have so many women say to me, oh, I was told the exact same thing or some minor variation of the same advice too. Which tells me that there was a time where we believed that as women, if we wanted to be taken seriously in the workforce, we had to act like men. Now, I do understand that people probably had really good intentions. And you know what? Here's the thing. Maybe at some point that was necessary. But what I do know is that today it is no longer necessary to act like a man. Now, I do believe that the corporate landscape was different 20 years ago. So I know that things are different now, but the reason I'm bringing this up is that just because things today are different and that advice isn't maybe being given out in the same capacity as it was before, the problem is that many of us who were given that advice early on in our career are holding on to that belief. So even though the environment around us has changed, sometimes our approach hasn't changed. So I wanted to have this episode as a check-in on all of the crap that we've been told over the years. And I want us to really take this as a chance to really reclaim our feminine gifts of leadership that are needed now more than ever. And we're going to explain in the next segment why it's so important for us to really own our gifts of feminine leadership and really, really why they are needed more than ever in the corporate workplace. But I just want to say that You know, I can't imagine giving a woman early in her career a worst piece of advice. Do you? So I want to take a second and really acknowledge and appreciate and thank all the women who came before me who really paved the way for me to be where I am, for other women to be where they are. And the intention of this episode isn't criticizing the wisdom and guidance that you gave us. Absolutely not. And I actually, in truth, know that there may have been a time where you did actually have to act like a man to be taken seriously. But what I do want to say is that today... This approach no longer serves us. It's no longer needed. We don't have to hide the fact that we're women. We should actually celebrate it because it is strategic. You know, I often say to founders, especially with companies where both founders are male, I say the most strategic thing you can do is to bring women in senior roles in your company. So let's check in here and talk about the advantage of hiring women in senior roles. So we know now that companies that have women on the board actually outperform companies that have all male boards. Now we know that diversity, especially in gender, gives companies a strategic advantage. And when we look deeper to really understand this, what's going on here is that with women, with our approach 
to leadership, to managing people. That's really what makes us so successful. And it is because we are wired differently. And that is a good thing. Let's pause right here and talk about engagement for a second. The corporate world really is in a crisis of disengagement. And every time that I see stats, they just get worse and worse and worse. And I truly believe, it's my personal theory, that this disengagement that we're experiencing in the corporate world is what is driving so many people to want to be entrepreneurs. They don't feel seen or heard in the workplace. They don't feel respected by their manager. They don't see a clear career path or any way for themselves to be growing in the future or their boss or manager doesn't take regular time to really develop and grow them. And so they are frustrated in their job and they seek an opportunity to start their own business because they want to do things differently. So here's the reality. Only 13%, that's one three, 13% of employees are actively engaged in the workplace and 51% are looking to leave their jobs right now. 51%, half of all people in a job are looking for a new job. Now, if that's not a smack in the face, I don't know what is. It's shocking, right? Now, think for a minute. How productive do you think these employees are, these ones where they're looking for another job? How much work do you think they're getting done every day? Not very much, I'm guessing. And 80% of employees say that they would work more hours if they were working for a company that has more empathy towards their employees. So there it is. Although we don't often think that engagement is driven by an empathetic workplace, it is. The studies and stats are telling us. It's old school thinking to think that money is the number one motivator. We know this, right? The London School of Economics has done a study to prove that money can actually demotivate employees. So engagement is simple. People want to be seen and heard. They want to know that they're doing work that matters. They want to feel cared for. They want to feel significant. It's not rocket science. These are basic human needs. Now, if we go back to why, why does the increased presence of women in the workplace, especially in leadership roles, make a company more successful? Because the leadership gifts that we carry as women help us to succeed and create more powerful environments and cultures. We are skilled at communication. We are great at building trust and safety in environments. We create inclusion and community. We have empathy and emotional intelligence. We also tend to connect with and trust our intuition more. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that only women hold these skills. Absolutely not. But these are traditionally female gifts of leadership. And I know a lot of men who hold these gifts too, which is great. But the news here is that just because you don't have these skills, you can always develop them. That's what a growth mindset is. And these gifts are really, really important to acknowledge because they come as part of our operating system as women. They're not something that we have to learn or develop along the way. The only times typically that they're not present is when we get really crappy advice, like you have to act like a man, which means that you're acting like something that you're not and you're hiding all these beneficial gifts that the workplace needs so much. So companies are getting it. They are starting to really, really increasingly see the value and be aware of how important and coveted these soft skills are. 
And it's important to know, just like hard skills, and when we learn to do technical things in our job, so too can we develop soft skills. So it's kind of obvious that women who show up and bring all these powerful gifts of female leadership are going to contribute to a company in a different way. And that is what allows companies with female leadership to outperform their competition. In this segment, I want to talk about the difference between inner and outer power because this really impacts our ability to be authentic in the workplace. Now, the absolute worst thing that we can do as women is to try to act like men because not only do we deny all those great female gifts of leadership that I talked about in the last segment, but what we're doing is also we're being really inauthentic, which sends a very mixed message to other people. Now, I have lived this truth in my career. Earlier, I shared the worst piece of advice that I'd ever received in the workplace, which was to act like a man if I wanted men to respect me. But that's not the really bad news. The bad news is that I actually listened to this advice and I lived it out. And as a result, over the years, I had many people come to me and say, you know, you're actually really, really nice. And, and I'd be kind of like, you know, confused. What? Oh, yeah, of course, I'm really nice. And they would say something along the lines of, well, when I, when I worked with you or when I first started working with you, I thought you were really mean and I was really intimidated by you. And, you know, when you hear something like this, the first time you hear it, you can kind of brush it off and just say, oh, you know, you can put that on them, not on you. But when you hear it over and over and over again, well, that's like when the mirror is held up in front of you. You got to suck it up. You got to start to accept it as being real and admit to yourself and ideally everyone else that you're doing something wrong. Now, I truly didn't understand it in the moment. But looking back, I can put all those puzzle pieces together and understand what really happened and why it played out that way. I had received this advice early in my career from someone, from a woman who I greatly admired. And so I developed this really tough version of myself. I call her Tough Julie. She was strong and independent and so accomplished, she didn't ever have to ask for help. And, you know, she never, ever, ever made mistakes. So, of course, she never had to admit that she was wrong. And she was never vulnerable or never showed weakness or didn't have anything that she couldn't do on her own. So, down with tough Julie. I can joke about this now and I can laugh at it like it was cute, but I don't really think it was actually cute at the time. I can think of many meetings, many conversations, many power plays, power struggles that Tough Julie was involved in, and I'm not really proud about it. However, I share this uh, unflattering information and story about myself because Tough Julie was my corporate persona, and I want to explain what that is in case any of you have developed one over the years, too. You see, whenever people would come to me and tell me that they were intimidated by me, I was always shocked, right? Because I didn't realize that I was coming across this way to others. There's always an intended and an unintended impact of our actions or of how we show up. 
And the second reason is, it shocked me, is because I'm actually not an intimidating person at the core. I'm very kind, I'm very loving, and I'm very caring. So when I hear feedback like that, it's easy to brush it off because I think, oh, well, it's not true. But the thing is, it's partially true because the impact that you're having on other people is, you know, tough love. It's your responsibility. So even though you don't intend to intimidate people, if you are intimidating people, that's your responsibility to check yourself and figure out what's going on. So let's look at corporate persona. It is, by definition, an alternate identity that we create to live up to the perceived expectations that others have for us at work. So think about it. When you get hired for a job, they don't say, okay, well, welcome aboard. Just show up on uh, Monday, let's say around 930. And I want you to just do all the things that you're naturally good at and that you love to do. That doesn't happen. Instead, we get this nice long list in our job description of responsibilities that we have with our new job. We're told what we are supposed to do, what we aren't supposed to do, what we're supposed to prioritize, what character traits we're supposed to have, and how we're supposed to show up. Now, when we get this list and also this character, aka job title, that we're supposed to live up to, this entices us to be someone that we're not. And this is what creates a corporate persona. It's an alternate identity that we create to live up to the perceived expectations that others have for us at work. Now, when we live from our corporate persona, we think that this is where our power comes from, right? I'm going to play this role, and when I do, I'm going to have a title, an office, maybe a power suit, all these other material objects that contain the power. That's what makes me powerful. And this is dangerous because when our power is tied up in factors that are outside of ourselves, like our title, our salary, our bonus, material objects, corner offices, all those things believe it or not, and I hope they don't, but they can be taken away from you. Well, then what happens? Now, I want you to operate from something different, what I like to call your internal power. Now, your internal power comes from having a strong sense of who you are, from knowing what your purpose is, what your core values are, what makes you tick, and allowing others to see that authentic part of you. And then you know yourself so well that you are willing to stand up for who you are and set boundaries. That is what makes a powerful person. That is what creates the charisma that we are all drawn to. This is real power, the kind of power that is infectious. When we talk about following a leader anywhere they go, no matter what they're doing, this is what we're talking about. This is internal power because you're showing up authentically as you 100%. And this guarantees to be power that will stick with you no matter what you do. Rather than trying to be someone else, somewhere else, where power is just temporary. All right, so I want to start to wrap up this episode. And before I do, I want to acknowledge and thank everyone for listening to this episode. I want to especially thank all the women who have paved the way for me and for other women to be where we are successful in our careers. I know we have still have a way to go, but we have made incredible progress. 
And this isn't just a conversation for women. This is going to be the most powerful and impactful when we hear from men as well. We want to know that you are involved in this conversation too. You might be able to bring different perspective to this scenario that would benefit us. Maybe there's a dynamic that I don't know about that you guys have experienced that you want to bring to the table. I want to hear it. Magic happens when we step into each other's perspectives and understand what everyone has been going through, not just the struggle that we've experienced and having others hear that, but also experiencing and understanding what other people have gone through. You know, I feel like there's been this gelling of gender wars happening on so many different levels, not only in the workplace and entrepreneurship and funding and, you know, the political arena in so many different aspects of our society. And I don't want to throw gasoline on the fire. What I want is the exact opposite. I want to use this as an opportunity to have conversations, to understand Every scenario from people's perspectives, because I know that you all have something unique that you have gone through. And the truly most powerful way that we get through it is to compassionately and open-mindedly listen to everyone else's experience. So, we know now that it is powerful to be a woman in business, and I am so proud to be a woman in business. With record numbers of disengagement, we know that the business community needs us to show up like a woman, not just like a man, and to bring our female gifts of leadership. The workplace needs men to adopt these gifts of leadership as well. And remember, you have a growth mindset. So if these weren't installed in your operating system, you can learn them. And I admit, it takes courage. But it is truly what the world needs from us right now. So it's a good thing that we are all masters at building safety and trust, isn't it? So I want you to remember that whenever fear shows up, it's just your greatness in disguise. And no matter what you are faced with, no matter how scary it is, I want you to remember that you've got this.